The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. You know what, Sam? What, Kristen? I have been waiting all week for this. So have I. What time is it? Custody queen time. Good morning, everybody. We have an exciting show for you today. We have guest star Carrie Block, managing partner of Holstrom Block and Park's Orange County office. She is a certified family law specialist and a killer attorney, but even more importantly, our friend. And we are super excited to have her on today. Thank you for joining us, Carrie. We cannot thank you enough. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Been listening to all your shows and so excited to be part of it. I'm glad we can make this all work because we have such an interesting topic that Carrie's going to dive into today, which is every aspect of a child custody evaluation. But before we get there, Sam, do you think we should do some TMI? I think we should, and I think that we should have Carrie start it off. Great. And what does TMI stand for? TMI stands for too much information. And as a managing partner, I really hope Carrie gets a super awkward question that makes her blush. That'll make me blush, my husband, my children, (laughs) my clients. Let's go. All right, pull from the dish right here. And you have to read the question to our listeners so they know what you are answering. Okay. Is there anything you can cross off your bucket list? Hmm, that's a great question. It's PG, Carrie, PG. Oh, well now wait, I gotta rethink (laughs) about that one. Um, I had on my bucket list that I always wanted to go to Paris, and for my 50th birthday, we went to Paris and had an amazing trip and visited and saw the Eiffel Tower, which that was on my bucket list to see that, so. That's definitely on my bucket list too. Sam, other than the shark diving that you just made me complete recently, is there anything else on your bucket list that you have completed or that you want to complete? I think I'm on a, what else can I cross off my bucket list kind of vibe today. And Kristen doesn't know this yet, but I want to make her go skydiving with me. (laughs) I should probably apologize to your family because I feel like I'm putting you in a lot of really dangerous situations. But I really want to go skydiving. So if anyone wants to go with me, please let me know. I think that's next. Yeah, I think that's a hard no for me. Um, That's what you said at first with shark diving. (laughs) Yeah, every day she comes into my office with a new thing. Do you want to go propelling off a cliff? Do you want (laughs) to go skydiving? Um, I read this thing in this magazine where you, you know, jump out of a plane and land on a boat. And I'm like, where do you find this stuff? And I'd like to live throughout the rest of the year. I do have three very small children. Well, we did settle on scuba diving, though. Yes, yes, we did. Um, I'm already a, a... certified scuba diver but I did tell Sam that I would complete the courses with her so that we could take the custody queens live on our scuba diving adventures Carrie 
Do you want to scuba I'm not dive a scuba us? diver. We did one time do the propelling off the waterfalls or down the waterfalls wow. in Hawaii. I got to the top of the mountain, got completely in the harness and said, no, I can't make it down. <laughs> and my husband and children are at the bottom and I had to walk all the way around because I couldn't do it. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think the older I get, the more issues I have with, with heights. Yes, that was part of the problem. Looking at my kids going, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the bottom. So no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a place in Belize that I want to go to, hopefully sooner rather than later. And we'll have to do an episode from there with uh, the Custody Queens. But you actually, similar, you go to the top of a cave and you actually propel down the cave and I think that there's water oh, yeah. at the bottom of it. That is definitely on my bucket list. And well, obviously this, this is with the waterfall going. Oh, like amazing. the last one you do, the water is going down. Oh, with that you. is amazing. It's amazing. Sign me up. Yeah, I think we'll have to have Carrie share the link with us for signing up for that for all of our upcoming trips to Hawaii. Sounds like a plan. So Carrie, what is your court ready outfit? So just like I am wearing now, I am a suit woman, black suit, black pants, and have always been a pants, not a skirt, not a dress. And many years ago, 27 years ago, when I was a brand new baby attorney, went to court and was wearing my suit, pants suit. And the judge said, "Um, Ms. Block, where is your skirt? And opposing counsel was, a man and I said well your honor he's not wearing a skirt why should I be wearing a skirt and the judge said good point counselor let's move on and I've never worn a skirt to court since so good for you I absolutely love that so do I I do mix it up I go back and forth between a pantsuit and skirt you do you wear skirts far more often than I do I am predominantly a black suit girl. You will find me in black 98.2% of the time, but I'm more of a pantsuit girl than you are, Sam. So let's let our listeners hear a little from Carrie and her, her background in family life. So I, like I mentioned, have been practicing family law for 27 years, exclusively family law since the beginning, fell into it, had a family friend who's a big family lawyer up in LA that offered me a job during law school. And I was like, this is what I wanna do. I wanna help people with their problems. I wanna be able to deal with all different types of issues, not just the same thing every day. And have worked pretty much those whole 27 years took about a year and a half off to to have two kids pretty quickly in between each other who are now 21 and 22 years old and one of them is already in her first year of law school and the other just got accepted and is about to start law school in 2021 so So, it's a whole lawyer family yes my husband and i met in law school and he is a lawyer as well so i guess my daughters saw nothing but law in their (laughs) life and said i guess that's what we need to do so we have the block family with soon to be four lawyers and we got the holstrom family with soon to be four lawyers oh my gosh we got eight lawyers or soon to be lawyers that is way too many lawyers in taking the- over the world. <laughs> OMG. Holstrom and Block Army. <laughs> That's way too many legal legal brains for two families. Yes. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at one 800 
1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, Sam, do you want to go, do you want to do TMI? Sure, Kristen. All right, let me pass the bowl to you. All right, drum roll. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I might be glad that you got this question and not me. I love that laugh. <laughs> I know it's a good one. If you could invite <laughs> If you could invite one celebrity over to dinner, who would it be? You guys already know the answer to this. What's up? Dog the bounty hunters. Leland Chalin, my boo. You guys already know this. Leland, if you are listening, <laughs> I am accepting applications for Miss McBride suitors. So, Leland, I hope to DM with you soon. All right, Kristen, it's your turn. All right, let me pull from the jar. I am pulling it, and the question says. If you could have any career other than the one you have, what would it be? I would definitely be in sales because I think that I am pretty good in that arena. And uh, I think that I, I would be some sort of like district manager or, you know, territory manager because I think I've been told that I can, you know, sell yeah. How's no, it go? Absolutely. S sell snow to an Eskimo? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how it goes. I could see that in you. Yeah, I, I think that that's exactly what I do. But a fun little tip for that is I feel like to be an attorney, you have to be very good at negotiating and you have to have that technique and those skills. But in my personal life, like for instance, I recently bought a new car earlier this year. I s completely suck at negotiating <laughs> on my own behalf or, or trying to... <laughs> T trying to do a good job um, reducing the price on the car. I was like, oh, the MSRP is this? Sold. Where do I sign? And my I, husband's literally walking out the back door thinking that he could have saved me $6,000. Yeah, after 27 years of marriage, my husband no longer lets me go. I have to look at the car, point out the one I want, and then I have to leave so he can negotiate because that's, I am the exact same way. That's yeah. hysterical. So, Carrie, how about you? If you could pick any career that isn't being a lawyer, what would it be? Well, that's funny that you say that because that kind of gets into how I ended up becoming a lawyer and going to law school, is I was in college and I thought I was gonna be a kindergarten teacher and my parents said, yeah, we think you should do something else. We'll support you if you go to law school for three more years. And I thought, hey, someone else is supporting me for a few years, so maybe <laughs> I should do deal. that. But now I think the mistake is my children are following in my footstep and going, hey, someone else will support us for three <laughs> more years. So Yeah, you need to make sure that you're managing their expectations. <laughs> I, I joke with Kristen. I think... I don't know if it's a career per se, but I always tell Kristen when I'm really stressed out that I want to move to a swamp and like wear Crocs and just hang out at a, a town of like 300 people. She'll come in my office and ask me if I want to sell alligator heads. <laughs> and that's where I question Well, because she's such a good saleswoman. And I've, who's buying them? Kristen will find uh, where someone. Where are we finding them? Where, are we are we franchising this business? Like, what are we doing with Look, alligator? I, I haven't done a lot of research. And I'm where just, are we living? Just I think it's in the swamp. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we should quit our day jobs. <laughs> 
All right, so let's get into it for today's topic. Sam, what do we have in store for Carrie today? So we really want to talk with Carrie. We're so excited that she's here and we want to talk about a very big subject that we see day in and day out in family law. It's directly connected to custody and that is custody evaluations. So Carrie, can you describe for us what a custody evaluation is in general? Sure. So. An evaluation is performed by some mental health expert, could be a psychologist, could be a psychiatrist, depending upon the needs of the case, that evaluates the whole case over time by meeting with the parties, meeting with the children, seeing each parent with the child to see the relationship at times, mostly pre-COVID, going to the house, houses of the parents and seeing where they're living, and then talking to other people doctors, teachers, friends, grandparents, and those various people, and they offer a recommendation to the court of what's in the best interests of those children. And people throw around the terms, or attorneys throw around the terms, 730, 3111. Um, in Orange County, they do... They, they do CCIs. So those are, CCIs are done through the court system and the, the evaluator is provided through the court and they're not as extensive. 730s are done through a private mental health expert that is at the expense of the parties that they have to pay. And they're lengthy processes and take at times months to go through the whole thing and meet with everybody. Now, Carrie, would you say that every case needs a custody evaluation or are there certain circumstances where you think this is a good fit for one? There's certain circumstances that are more likely to lead to a custody evaluation. One that almost all the time has custody evaluations is when one parent's asking to move away with the children because that's something that clearly if they're moving far enough away those children are going to be primarily with one parent and maybe in the summers they'll be with the other parent and so that's something that really needs a little more in-depth look and then there's times where there's domestic violence or there's a situation where one parent says the other parent is alienating the children against them talking bad about them and making the children choose one side and those are situations too where a custody evaluation is more important to have that's so interesting that you just said move away because that's such a hot topic right now it's so relevant I get a lot of calls on a daily basis regarding the process of a relocation or a move away case. And we actually have some really good content regarding uh, move aways and relocation, relocation cases and options and case strategy on our website, custodyqueens.com. So if you're interested in getting some tips and information related to this, please visit our website. And we also have really good helpful information on our social media for tips regarding moveaways and relocation and how time sensitive they are. Now, Carrie, what's the difference between a 730 evaluation and a 3111 evaluation? When you're referring to 730 and 3111, those are code sections that the courts use and lawyers use, but it's jargon that we use that most people don't know. So in a 730, they do psychological testing of the parties of both parents by looking at them and the evaluator will look at that in more depth when they're making a recommendation. Whereas in a 3111, they will not do that. And I find that psychological testing to be very helpful as an attorney because it kind of 
it, it presents some exposure that I may have with respect to my client, but it also brings light to any narcissistic tendencies or any potential- Substance abuse is a, a, a hot topic. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that the evaluators prefer that as well because it helps them get a little more information in making their recommendation. So when you say recommendation, we're talking about an evaluator making a custody recommendation based on the best interest standard and, and things like that? Yes, or if there's a move away, they're making a recommendation as to not just the custody, but the specific schedule and if the, the child should move and relocate or not. But they make a recommendation. It's not automatically adopted by the court, but it is given weight and then it's up to the judge after a hearing if they're going to accept that or if they want to hear further evidence or if they want to deviate it from it. Right. Yeah. So an example of that is if you have a parent that's requesting to move, but an expert makes a recommendation that that parent shouldn't have primary custody because the recommendation supports that that parent may not facilitate or foster visitation with the other parents. Right, and, and what happens sometimes is after that recommendation comes in, the parent that isn't happy with the recommendation hires their own expert to fight it, to say that maybe there's a problem with the eva evaluation and obviously these people are human beings and they're not perfect. And I mean, many years ago I had a case where when you read the first 45 pages of the report, you thought that you were gonna get one recommendation and I got to the recommendation and said, that's the exact opposite. And we hired our own evaluator to look at it, who then spoke to the neutral evaluator and the first meeting that they had, the neutral evaluator said to him, I really messed that one up, didn't I? And changed her entire position. So they do make mistakes, they're not perfect. And you might have to advocate to a different standard if they're not correct, but they're long processes that gather a lot of information. So they provide a lot of backup. They don't just come up with a conclusion. Yeah, and one instance that I find them to be very helpful and supportive is that they will review social media, they review text messages, they review co-parenting, you know, communications, whereas I might not have time to go through four years of text messages if that is presented to the evaluator and that is within the scope of the evaluation that's ordered, they will do that. And so alienation is, is very difficult to prove on its face. And that is something that is very necessary in a case where there's allegations of alienation. And, and not just that you as an attorney wouldn't have time, but the judge only has limited time to hear our case. Whereas the evaluator is at times spending months looking at these documents and talking to people and is giving a more in-depth analysis than maybe two, three, four days of trial would be able to give to the situation. Yeah, and just in general, when we're talking about these custody evaluations in 2020, we saw a big change to remote evaluations and how that looks. What are some challenges or concerns that you have, if any, about that sort of change that we saw? It's made it a lot more difficult because they're not meeting with the, the parties and the children in person at times. It's all via Zoom. And if the kids are with one parent and they're 
allegedly in a room by themselves discussing the situation with the evaluator via Zoom. If the other parent is off camera giving cues or listening or pressuring them, the evaluator has no way of knowing that. And how, yeah, and how can they know? They just can't. You can put as many precautions in as possible, but I don't know that you can truly conduct the same evaluation as you could in a controlled environment in person. Right. And you body language speaks worlds. And if you're just seeing the face of a child or a party just in a little box on the computer, it's not going to give the same feeling as meeting face to face and seeing if the, the child is squirming around and what they're doing and what their eye contact is, exactly. what their body language says. And that's just something that we have to face and we have to deal with because COVID isn't going anywhere and we have to deal with the pandemic and we have to continue with these cases and we have to move these cases forward. And uh, recently, I know that a topic that that came up within the court system is whether or not these 730s that were already ordered could potentially be quote unquote paused, for lack of better words, or stayed until any, you know, uh, limitations were lifted that would allow these to happen in person now some are being conducted in person i think it wholeheartedly depends on the evaluator that's doing them but for the majority these are being done over zoom and the court's position is they have to continue well i think that custody of children has to be decided so they can't just pause them because we have no idea when the world is going to change and go back so they need to keep going forward to figure out what's best for these children and there was a recent case that came down within the last two years or so that had an impact on these custody evaluations sam what case is that Kristen's put me on the spot. (laughs) Are you referring to the Sanchez case? I am. I am. And what effect did Sanchez have on custody evaluations, Carrie? So not to get into too much legal jargon, but it, it made it a little more difficult. It didn't change the law. The law has always been that out-of-court statements, hearsay, is not admissible. But for years, for the first many, many years that I practiced, it was kind of like, oh, whatever, that doesn't matter. It's in the report. The evaluator says that it's good. And all of a sudden, it was like someone realized that all those years, this has been hearsay, and we shouldn't be looking at it. So you need to have the right lawyer when you're picking your evaluator, when you're agreeing to it or getting the court to order it to make sure that you are dealing with the fact that the after you go through this four or five month process of an evaluation that it's actually read by the court and accepted by the court and that they will hear about it because if you don't have the right lawyer making sure you're protected in that way you could go through the whole process waste the time and the money and it would never be even looked at by the court I couldn't say it better, Carrie. It is so important to have effective, competent counsel. And Carrie Block is one of the best attorneys I know. I work very closely with her on a lot of cases. She uh, really is. I'm telling. I'm going to get married so that she can divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> and also at Holstrom Block and Park, we have almost, if not right, at 20 attorneys. We have more than 12 certified family law specialists. So make sure that you are calling the custody queens you are calling holstrom
Block and Park at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Because if you have a custody evaluation, you want to make sure that it's done right and you want to make sure that it counts. Exactly. That's right, Kristen. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrope. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Well, I think it's time for us to take a call from one of our listeners. All right, let's let's do it. Hi, Custody Queens. This is Michael. My ex is demanding that we do our exchange of the children at a local police station. I think it's absurd. She doesn't want me near her house. Can I contest this? Do I have to agree to that? Thank you. That's a great question, Michael. Uh, um, I am not a fan of police stations unless they are necessary. Sometimes they are necessary. Sometimes there's a safety concern. Sometimes domestic violence is involved. And sometimes the court will make that in order. Absent any of those issues, I do not think is it appropriate to drag your children to a police station and exchange them there where they see police officers or they start associating police officers with mommy and daddy fighting or having an unhealthy relationship. I'm sure every attorney, and I'm gonna get to Sam and Carrie in their position, but my position is absent a necessity or an order or a safety concern, no on the police station. Sam? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. To me, when you have a situation where you're exchanging children at a police station, that screams to me, there is ongoing parental conflict and we need to resolve that. That's really where the breakdown is. Whether or not you have to do it is obviously gonna be dependent on whether or not a court has ordered it because if they had, then yeah, you have to exchange at a police station. But in general, you don't want to increase acrimony and that's what that does. Yeah, I would agree completely. It's If you have a safety issue, that's one thing. If you are not safe, then maybe the police station is the right place. But otherwise, there's a lot of public places that you can meet at, shopping centers, malls, things like that. I mean, the the easiest way when there's exchanges, not between the parties, but exchanging the kids at school that one parent drops off in the morning, the other parent picks up. But if school is not in session, obviously that's difficult. But you don't want to put the kids in the position where they have to deal with that. Yeah, no, I I agree, Carrie and Sam, and I think we're all on the same page, which is kind of funny for three type A lawyers to actually all agree on something. That's very true. We should actually, we are documenting this. That's great. Uh, So in summary today, we talked to you guys today about the different types of custody evaluations. We had amazing guest Carrie Block. We are so excited. We need to have you more on the show. Uh, And we really just wanted to talk about a process involving custody that many people maybe hear about but they don't know about and how it relates to the court system and how it can be potentially an effective and necessary tool in your case. And it doesn't apply to every case. Don't think because you have kids that you need to run out and ask your attorney to file a request for a child custody investigation. They are often very helpful, but they are also expensive with respect to cost and attorney's fees. And they generally require a trial date, which 
elongates the process, but they are necessary at times. So Carrie, how can our guests and listeners find you? And one of the things that I love about this show is listeners might contact you regarding the waterfall in Hawaii and how they sign up to propel down the waterfall or how they get in contact with you for a consult or an assessment or anything else that they'd like to get in touch with you. How do they do that? So to get in touch with me, our website is hbplaw.com or my email is cblock, my last name, B-L-O-C-K, at hbplaw.com. That's awesome. And I'll make sure that we get all that information out to our social media feeds. And one thing that Carrie is really good at that I refer to, I refer any of my clients or friends or family or anyone that needs a premarital agreement drafted. Carrie is my go-to attorney. Absolutely. And if you think you need one, call her. Yeah. Also post-nuptial agreements. She is She is very well educated and experienced in both of those. So with that said, we will make sure we share her Instagram information and get her out to all of you. And in the meantime, you can follow Kristen and I. My handle on social media is at Samantha McBride. Kristen's is at Custy Queen Kristen. You can also fill out an online inquiry and get in touch with us if you want to do a consult with Kristen and I that's at custodyqueens.com you can also check out our custody queens on air social media yeah and you can also request a consult with Carrie as well by simply filling out a web inquiry on custodyqueens.com you can get to either of us through filling out that web form or calling 1-800- 419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Stay tuned for our giveaways and people be kind. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with a The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.